And we are back. Hey. That would be Hector Lavoe. That is uh, like our Michael Jackson in Puerto Rico. He is. Meaning what? The biggest. The biggest, the, the voice of Puerto Rico. Yes. Let me tell you how bad he was. No, Muhammad. This sounds great. Yes. You know I lived in Puerto Rico. You told me. You one of us. Partially, yes. yes. In, a, in a way. I love the song. And it, th- you know what? This song uh, was in the movie, El Cantante, that Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony produced. Um, so, yeah, Hector Lavoe is the voice of Puerto Rico. He was such a, he was the, uh, singing with the Fania All Stars. They sang in Africa, South Africa, when Ali fought uh, Frazier. No, he fought George Foreman. And uh, during that time, they were like the biggest band. They had just brought uh, Puerto Rico, put salsa on the map. So he is like our big, he's my favorite singer. He sings my favorite song in the whole world. And, Which is? Uh, I, I, oh no, is the name of the song. Oh yeah, you sent that to and me. And you, you hear a lot of uh, African um, stuff in the, in the Puerto Rican salsa because that's where it comes from. It comes from the motherland. Of so. But um, he is, yeah, I love him. And today um, we got uh, the director and uh, one of the guys who's the choreographer, the creative director and in the movie Shine, which is our Puerto Rican dance movie that, comes out this Friday in theaters. And so I wanted to pay homage or homage, whatever you white people say it is this week, <laughs> to, to uh, Puerto Rico and shine the movie and the people who are, you know, working tirelessly to keep Puerto Rico on the tips of everyone's tongues. But uh, let's get to business. Darren, where have you been? I've been in my room <laughs> and here. Really? You've been working and yeah. you you, ta- you had taken ill, so that's why you weren't yeah. here. Yeah. Um, I had some questions in my DMs. And because uh, people. <laughs> I, I don't believe that. Oh, yeah, second. no, no. People, The people that listen to the show um, don't listen to it live, they listen to it later. Right. But they always want to know about my relationship with the person who's here with me all the time. When I was on my, when I was doing Truth Serum at my other studio, Jake was my engineer. Mm-hmm. And Jake and I had built a rapport, and people would always. Really? Yeah. I always find that not strange, but it's 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 interesting. Well, you know what it is, is you're a real person to them, as opposed right. to people who come in here, oh, I got a movie, I'm right. doing a web series. Showcasing whatever they have uh-huh. going and then on, you and I, I have nothing going on. Yeah, you do. <laughs> besides my real life. <laughs> you keep the show alive, and right. we talk about real stuff, you right. know? Um, and uh, so, you know, you and I always catch up. I, I just got back from Boston. I was Boston. Uh, Boston was great. Boston is where I was born. So oh, yeah, that's like, right. I, I lived in Massachusetts as well. Yeah, you and I have a have a quite a few yeah, things have, in common. Yeah, we've lived in a number of places. Yeah. Mass, New York. Yeah. Puerto Rico. Did you yeah. live in Puerto Rico? I did Rico? not live in Puerto Rico. Look, okay. you got me beat for my own. <laughs> I did not live in Puerto Rico. I have I, nine months strong there. I lived in the Dominican Republic, though. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. My mom taught there. That's where my dad is from and uh, got deported back to because my father is an illegal, as you people call him. <laughs> Um, he is. He's a. He got deported twice. Have you seen the um the shirt that says "Calm down, Gringo, I'm legal." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw a shirt that said the most dangerous uh, illegal immigrants came here in 1842, and I was like, "Yo, I, I don't know, man." <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put that on Instagram. I'm not wearing that shirt though, because then there probably will be shots fired. Right. Right. But you know, it's funny is um, 
I, I was born in Boston, and I didn't. Um, my mom took me because my dad got deported, so we went to the Dominican Republic with him, and I never went back to Boston. So how long were you there? I, I was only there for a little bit. I, I was there remember? for like months. No, yeah, they took me away, and then I went to DR, and then I went from DR to Miami. But uh, it was kind of cool to go back there because I've never really experienced the Boston experience. And there are so many different Boston experiences or Massachusetts experiences that you hear from people. Like I got a girlfriend who went to Harvard mm-hmm. and she always talks about how much she loves Boston. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And also, you know, when you go to college there, there's like 20 colleges. Yes, yeah, a different so, experience. Yeah, you know, it's the big scholastic experience, yeah. you know. And then I had some white people who came to my show. I was like, don't let Boston fool you. Boston is very racist. It's very racist. <laughs> so wait, funny. you never been there since? This yeah, I mean, I, I've been there to work. Oh, okay. But I've never, like, Hung I've out. spent time there, like, an extended amount of time. I, I went there to perform at UMass, and I went there to perform at the comedy clubs. But I've never I really... I like UMass. Been. I used to live right next to UMass. It was cool. You know, college shows are different. Like, the... Uh, one thing I will say, I performed at two co- in two different schools in Massachusetts. I got banned from one for life. Really? Yeah. What school? Uh, I'll tell you the name of the school. I, I got to look it up on my phone. But it was uh, for doing what? a Christian school. Uh, because the uh, it, it's ran by Jesuits. And, yeah. you know, they, they wanted me to do like a super squeaky clean show. Right. And even though I, my show was clean, my subject matter is still kind of edgy. Right. And they were taken aback by that. And the students were telling me... They, they check our Facebook pages. They are always uh, checking up on us to see the stuff that we're posting at the school. Oh, so wow. I don't know why they booked me because they, vid- they got a link of my stand I, I always find that strange that it's yeah. like, do you know who you are dealing with? Or? Exactly. <laughs> I don't, did you think I was going to write a whole new act for your school <laughs> based on what you think is acceptable? Right. So, you know, I mean, I didn't I wasn't dirty. Like I didn't go there and talk about the, whatever they they classified as dirty, but I still stayed true to my voice. Right. And the students loved it, but the school didn't like it and they said you can never come back here. And I was like, "All right, then well, fuck y'all. <laughs> Let's go out with a bang then, damn it." Cuz these these well, That's kids, a rite of passage, right? Like yeah, to get banned. Of course. Especially when you're talking to college students who are having so much sex, they're getting drunk, they're doing all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, they're doing the most. Yeah, so they want you to go up there and and do a joke about Connect 4. And I'm like, "Fuck my <laughs> ass the fuck out of here with that bullshit. My kids are in pain in the ass. I know, exactly. No, Which I'm, they, I'm sure you say. Yeah, but, but they were in like. In your own way. In my own way. But the, the other thing is like, they didn't want me to concentrate so much on being a mom because they were like, they can't relate to that. And right, I'm so like, you're, okay, then we'll talk about yeah, getting wild in college. Yeah, so I was like uh, classifying where they were in terms of, you know, it, it's so funny because I knew we were going nowhere fast when I told the kids, I said, you know that speech when it said, they say, look to your left, look to your right. That person's not going to be here right, when you graduate. Right, right. I was like, I was that person. <laughs> and and they, I, they, don't, they didn't like that? No, I could see the look on their faces oh like, uh-oh, God. here we go. That, that's, if I ever started doing stand-up again and I went back to my college, the first thing I would say is, yeah, I never made it out of this yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> but and, I'm back, motherfucker. Yeah, and I and still owe this shit. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I didn't graduate, but I still got student loans. So <laughs> I tell people I'm fucking a I'm alum. I'm a, I'm Florida State alum. Oh yeah. You know? I, I say I'm an alum too, because I'm still paying them. Absolutely. I'm it's, I'm in. Yeah. We, we we ride together. I'm okay. I'm with you. So I I feel um I feel kind of sad for all of the students that graduate with an, an enormous amount of debt. 
And um, I just want, you know, I'm not an advocate of telling people what to do with their lives. But listen. Get the fuck out of it. No, I'm just <laughs> No, but pay attention. You, you know what I mean? Pay attention to yourself. You know, look, I sound like a, a real person. Pay attention to yourself. No, but it's real talk. Yeah, you know. And I, I summed it up. I basically said, look, I'm in Virginia. Wow. What school? University of Virginia. Okay. Charlottesville, where all that racist yeah, shit yeah, went yeah. down. I was like, look, I'm in Virginia. I'm from New York City. I'm trying to be an actor, uh, and I'm paying to be here. Yeah. I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like a, a very simple thing. It's a mind fuck. And looking yeah. down on people who don't have college degrees is very asshole-ish. You know what I mean? Because yeah. uh, Bill Gates doesn't have a college degree. You know yeah, a mean? lot of people made that decision to say, you know, I want something specific, yeah. and this ain't it. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Yeah, and so was I. That's what we call flunking out of school a few years ago. <laughs> I want something a little more specific. Well, how about your children? Are they they're college students? Yeah. So I, and and I, and I I was just joking. I actually was an honors um an honors student in college, but I actually never got even a C in my degree, like in my oh, area of concentration. Not not one. So I was on a, a good track. And you did graduate. I did, did not graduate. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah, you it was too to hard. Model, right? Yeah, I had a baby, and I it oh, was right. uh, you know I had a son, and it was really hard. And um, when I started modeling, I would get you know a ten thousand dollar check for doing something. And you're like school. Yeah, I was like I can't, <laughs> I can't. You are live with um, this is Truth Serum with Ida. Darren and I are catching up. We are doing our weekend wrap up and update. If you have something to say about college, you want to talk to us, give us a call 310-986-6610. And uh, let's talk about what happened over the weekend. Did you watch SNL? I didn't. Okay. I, I but, but I feel, I'm sure I feel like you know what. It's stupid of me as a producer and a person who's on the radio. I should have at least looked at the, the cold open. I totally ignored it because I'm just like, I'm, I'm bitter in a way. I'm like, yeah. I, I should be working at something. You know, I, I'm one of those. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I I'm all hooty and snooty about shit. So I'm like, I don't, I, I don't want to see it. I'll write my own. I, I'm in my own world. Gotcha. But did you hear about Kanye? Yes, actually, I did see that. Okay. I, the water. The did you see him in the water bottle? Him and uh, no. Him and Little Bump. They were they were dressed up as water bottles. Bump. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I is that little bump right? It's him. It's little. little I, I don't know. Pump, bump, pump. Bump. Oh, a little. <laughs> Was it pump? I don't know. It's little pump. They got a hundred million ass, huh? streams on their song, and I sound like so uh, like an old lady. The, in the song, they said something about flat water versus mineral water, which a lot of people didn't know. So that is okay. why they were dressed up like that. And a lot of people did know, <laughs> but they look ridiculous. And um, it sounds ridiculous. Today, Complex Magazine tweeted that Little Pump was, I, every time I talk about this shit, people are like, you showing your age. But it's not my age, it's my ignorance, because I refuse to listen to rappers be after Lil Wayne, I was done with the Lil. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. It just, I just. Kim I, was okay. Kim was the queen. Yeah. You know what I mean. Hot <laughs> damn, ho, here we go again. <laughs> like that bitch was like, I'm, I'm a leader. Y'all on some following shit. That's, <laughs> I can understand that. But uh, all that uh, mumble shit, I fuck out of here. I don't. And no diss to you. Go get your money. Oh, and Wayne gets off little. But after that, no. I'm, but little Wayne is little Wayne is iconic. You know, 14 years and, old. And he was. Yeah, no, he was twelve. Twelve years old. He started. Yeah. yeah, so he was he was straight up Lil Wayne. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Like we hear these conversations about these rap, uh, these comedians, and Cat Williams and Kevin Hart fighting and all this other shit. Big ups to Lil Wayne who created a way for Drake. 
and was not threatened by somebody who could be just as great or greater than him and mm. made a way for another rapper. And that's one thing about these rappers that I will say. Some of them do create a way for others. And that, to me, is, you know, that's beautiful because that's like saying, let's go get this. You know what I mean? Sure. Let's corner this market. Let's make this money. Let's bring in these revenues. And I think Lil Wayne did that with Drake, did it with Nicki Minaj. You know, like, I, I respect that because Lil Wayne could have very well just said, fuck that, I'm, I'm the king. Right. And just created a way for other people. And that's... That's what we need to that those are the things that we're talking about when you hear people say that they're creating a way for others like Kevin Hart said. Yeah. You know, it, for me it's not just about creating a way for others to get a job, but creating a way for others to dominate. You know, right. the way Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have done. You know, you can name a lot of people who who said I'm going to make sure that this person wins. Like uh, Adam Sandler and Schneider? Adam Sandler does it. Uh, Judd Apatow yeah. does, does it. Right. It's something that is... Spike Lee? Spike Lee did it. Denzel Washington. And now crossing a generation with his son. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that, that comes from a level of confidence and a level of security that doesn't blind you by by selfishness that doesn't say hey I'm not I can't do that cuz that person might be greater than me you know what i mean mm -hmm. and that that to me is true uh, artistic integrity but that's also a real powerful leader person you know what i mean and I, that's what I, I really admire that about little wayne because little wayne did create several paths for di different people and yeah. that, that and they're to me all winning yes they're <laughs> big all time so he he not only gets a win in the column for his own successes because he created you know a body of work that you can say whatever you want about little wayne now but you already know little wayne has always been one of the coldest and if you want to say he specializes in alliteration you wouldn't know what alliteration was had it not been for little wayne so mm -hmm. he yeah he read encyclopedias and has an extensive vocabulary he brought that to hip-hop and made that shit dope so you can hate on him all you want but little wayne did, did his own thing he created his own thing and i i admire and respect him for that and i also say that in addition to creating his way as an artist as a mogul that is what body of work is that he created these pathways for other people and they'll, they'll say birdman but i say little wayne because drake always attributes his way his way in through Lil Wayne. And mm -hmm. and I think that shit is dope. I, I, I respect that. I hope that uh, more people are infected by that and that we create more avenues and ways for other people to be great and even greater than us. Who cares? We all win when, you know. Hear that people of color in entertainment? <laughs> yeah, man. It's just, it's so, uh, it's so disheartening. I, I, and everyone in entertainment, really. I, yeah, absolutely. But I, I respect those dudes for doing that. And um, I look at, you know, people who are now winning because Judd Apatow said, hey, you know what? This guy, Seth Rogen, and right. Seth Rogen said Paul Rudd, and Paul Rudd said James Franco. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. I, and I, maybe I have the, you know, the connections incorrect because I don't know. But I do know those names because I know those projects. And Jonah Hill, you know? Mm -hmm. So take heed, people of color. We got a, we got a, a hot and heavy show today. Um, Jesse Lewis is coming by, and we are going to talk about uh, Amber Rose when we come back, Kay Michelle when we come back. We're going to talk about Kanye because we still didn't get into it, and a couple of other things. So take this quick break with us. Truth Serum with Ida, 310-986-6610. Uh, we'll be right back.
a great name to have in Hollywood. <laughs> and we are back. Truth Serum with Ida Rodriguez. We have a caller. Caller, what's your truth? Oh, <laughs> you can call back. We were on a quick break, but uh, if you got something to say, you want to state your truth, we are welcome. Uh, we can have a conversation, but if you want to argue because you feel bad about yourself, this is not the number to call. This is uh, Truth Serum Live with Ida. We have our first guest in the house, Alicia Etnoff. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy for you to be here. Um, I was just talking to her about the fact that I watched her web series because we both have um, we both have Zainab Johnson in um, in common. Yes. And uh, Zainab, if you didn't watch her, was on Seth Meyers uh, this last couple of days. So go online and watch yes. her late night set because it was really good. And she's beautiful. And uh, she's one of my friends in this comedy game, and I am a fan of hers. But me so, as well. To, good, I know you put her in there. She looked beautiful. She oh, was she's in, amazing. And also, just like to see her as like this statuesque woman, yes. get to have hair down to the floor, and yeah, like yeah. be in, be divine, but also have like her her chest out. I mean, it's so it's such an empowering way that she played that character. Yeah, it was beautiful. So Thank tell you. us about the web series. Sure. Uh, yeah. So it's called Avant Guardians, and um, I so I'm also a stand up comedian. Okay. And I, you know, around the luck around election time, I just felt like as a woman and a woman of color, I had a lot to say right. um, in a way that I didn't want to be preachy, but like I wanted to take a hard stance on things. And so I, and I also, I feel like so oftentimes black women don't get to be, or women of color also don't get to be um, full-fledged characters. They right. don't get to be characters that are, that are acknowledged as gorgeous, that are acknowledged as special. And black girl magic has, hi, <laughs> black girl magic has become a hashtag, but I really wanted to blow that out. What would happen if we weren't just magic, but divine? Absolutely. And so taking that want of, of talking about topics, but also not being preachy and, and um, wanting to see black women in a certain light, um, I I came up with this idea of, of omniscient characters who like are on, on the ground of what's happening, but have like a kind of like a, a more of a distanced point of view. And so that's how, that's where, and also like I'm such a proponent of therapy. And so all of those things became a stew that is yeah. Avant Guardians. So tell people right now where they what can it, watch it. Yeah, please. So it's on avantguardiansteseries.com. It's also on YouTube. It's seven episodes. It's only one to five minutes each. Um, it's really about two angels in therapy and they talk about a different facet of blackness per episode. Beautiful. Yeah. I, as a mom, I have two two children mm -hmm. who are Puerto Rican and their father is black, mm -hmm. African American. And one thing that I've always told my kids is that melanin is divine. Yes. And that's why they come for it. I'm like, why would you think exactly. that they would come for it if it wasn't magical? Oh yeah, cuz they, they they fear it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's beautiful. Yeah. So that's Thank you uh, so I much for watching. Oh yeah, no no no. I I watched immediately cuz um so the thing about women of color in this business is that there are very few of us. Mm. And um as a woman of color, I feel it's important for us to support and uplift each other. Absolutely. They try to divide us and pit us up against each other as if there's only one spot at the top. Exactly. And one thing that I've always been very conscious of is not to believe that. Um, Absolutely. Um, I, as, it, it, and I, I cross the intersections because I'm Afro-Latina. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in the Latin space. And then in the people of color space, Absolutely. they really, really, you know, come for us. So Zainab and I did last comic standing together. We've been friends yes. for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did, um, you know, we've done quite a few things together. We did uh, Def Jam together yes. for Russell. They picked her set. They didn't pick mine. Mm -hmm. And I was just as happy for her as as any, you know, any any other person who is happy to see somebody 
that is a reflection of them when that's I love that you said that just for a Mm -hmm. second just that like just to highlight the idea that like even though you didn't get highlighted in something that you were Mm -hmm. still so happy and supportive of her I think that's important was beautiful she looked amazing and I'm so glad that one of us got through there because absolutely the truth of it is is that they were you know they the uh, Russell said to me you know um, Zainab got your spot. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that means that there was only one spot for a woman because wow. it, was, it was 10 men. You know, it was 10 spots. So the fact that you, you're saying that we, that we were fighting for, for one, one spot, spot is very telling. Um, but also I said, no, Zainab got her spot. Mm. That was hers. Yes. Like you can't take someone, something no. from someone. And absolutely. I'm just glad that one of us got in there, yeah. that there was a female point of view, that there was an intelligent point yes, of view. Yes, it was a great set. And yeah. a sophisticated point of absolutely. view. Because um, a lot of times they think that all we do is pander. Talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. It's frustrating. It's yeah. frustrating. Which is also exciting, which is why... Avant Gardens means so much to me because I got a chance to like say exactly what I wanted to say and be smart and be funny at the same time. That women can be smart and funny, which is another yes. false narrative that people like to. You guys like won some say. awards. We did, you, yeah. yeah. We won best short form um, drama and dramedy at the New York Television Festival. Oh, we beautiful! Were, thank you. And we were nominated for best web series at the American Black Film Festival. This oh, summer, nice! Beautiful. Which was awesome. And then we were an official selection of the LA Film Festival, and so we screened a couple a week ago. Actually. Oh, congratulations! Thank you so much. So hopefully we continue to go around the festival circuit, but people have been responding really positively, which is awesome. yeah. It's, it was it was you know the aesthetic of it was beautiful. Thank you. But then we're really was, lucky with our team. <laughs> yeah, it was. But in a, it was also accompanied with message, yeah. where sometimes you get one of the other. Yeah, exactly. So it was a beautiful combination of the two. No, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And like our shout out to our cinematographer Dylan Dugas, who was um, such a big part of making sure that we were lit so beautifully. Yeah, and it was that, nice. And Marina Lorenz, who is our um, production designer, who just took my vision and ran with it and so i feel really blessed that we got what we got oh beautiful if you have any questions for alicia you can call her call us at 310-986-6610 and i want to take this opportunity to just say these are the things that you do when they don't do when they don't write the projects for us when they don't produce the projects for us we live in an age and a place and a time where we can create our own projects and tell our own stories And that is uh, the beauty of technology right now. And and especially when it comes to people of color and marginalized groups, tell your stories, man. Yeah, exactly. There's so much freedom. And I think it's so, at least for me, like I asked myself, what do I want? What is my dream? And I, I knew that I wanted to be um, one day a showrunner who got to tell her own story and be the star of that story. And no one was going to give me that opportunity without. Right. And I, so I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it myself and being able to prove that. I think it's this last year has been so monumental and changing kind of the rooms that I've been able to get into. And it was it a risk? Yes. But I like, so encourage people to be okay with taking risks. You can take risks and you can come out on top. Just have faith in yourself because it was such a financial risk, but I yeah. know that it will come back tenfold and, and it's been worth it so far. That's beautiful and inspiring. And if you're out there working on your own projects, take heed. Just listen. Um, people want to see themselves. Yes. And so that is the beauty of this is that people want to see a reflection of themselves and they want to see the spectrum when it comes to people of color. We are not all one way. We are just like everybody else, varied in personalities and yes. lifestyles and demographic. And we need to... Uh, you know, tell these stories. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, Jesse Lewis is going to join us in the uh, in the studio. And we're going to continue the conversation with Alicia. So take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is Truth Serum with Ida. Let me have that. 
Hey, we're back. And uh, the conversations when we're off air are just as heated <laughs> and impassioned as they said Judge Kavanaugh's uh, <laughs> rant, crime baby rant was impassioned. I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? When Serena did that a couple of weeks ago on the tennis court, she was uh, out of line and entitled. A sore loser. Yeah, angry woman yep. of color. So... I, I just, did that shit with a DUI and got put in jail. So <laughs> <laughs> let me just say, you don't point no fingers over here when you're a black man. <laughs> you and you're a gender fluid black man. Absolutely. So you can go to both jails. Man. Depending on who's arresting you that day. They call it K-11. <laughs> Special. <laughs> I love it. Um, we I wanted to talk quickly about Kanye West because the thing about Truth Serum is that I love the people that come in to the show because... Ronaldo's been bringing in some really great guests, but shout out to Ronaldo. Yeah, the people who come in here have um, a point of view. They have something to say. Uh, everybody doesn't agree with everything that everybody else says, but we have these uh, in- intelligent, uh, thoughtful conversations, spirited debates, even. Mm-hmm. But everybody respects everybody, and uh, we're allowed to speak. But I really wanted to talk about Kanye West because he ignited so mm-hmm. much uh, emotion amongst people of color. And um, and I think that at some point, um, we got to address it. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you, my guests, um, what you guys thought about what uh, Kanye said uh, on SNL on his uh, after hours uh, monologue, or they called it a monologue because they thought it was funny. They thought <laughs> it was delivered. They didn't even say speech. They said his monologue. He had a monologue. This is what Chris Rock recorded on his phone, right? Yeah, I think so. Chris Rock, I didn't, because I didn't hear. I heard about it. I heard Chris Rock had recorded something that Kanye did after the camera was over. Right. Oh, so it was, was Chris over. Rock. Okay. Yeah, it was Chris Rock. Yeah, on his live, matter of fact. But I didn't. I didn't watch it because I never get involved in Kanye propaganda because I feel like it's just so, so. Yeah, no, like that's what he wants. I want to hear what he said first, though. Then I can respond. But what do you think? You know? I mean, I do. We really think that Kanye believes these things. I because <laughs> I think that. Personally, Kanye thinks that it's like the OJ Simpson of it all. Like he thinks that he's so privileged that mm-hmm. he's like just capitalizing on on the divisiveness between white people and people of color. And so I think that in him saying all the nonsense, it was exactly that what you're saying. Like I don't mm-hmm. feel into the propaganda. Most people do. People are gonna mm-hmm. buy his albums. People are gonna like go to his sites, mm-hmm. and he's gonna get the hits. Right. And ultimately, he's gonna get what he wants, which is more money. So I don't. Mm-hmm. What did he say exactly? Do you know what he said? It's right there. Oh, is it? Okay, that's it. I'll let you. This represents good in America becoming holy. And like with his, he had the, he actually had the cap on? He actually had the cap on, right? Like, (laughs) or even him saying that like slavery was a choice. It's like, does he, I don't think he really believes these things. It's almost like when Lady Gaga was like, had to wear meat on her head. Yeah. It was like, it was so that she could get, and now she gets to be normal with like brown hair in a movie. And the star is born of all movies. Absolutely. So it's just like, I think that honestly, whether there's a white man behind Kanye or Kanye just believes he's a white man, I think that he is creating himself to be this controversial product. I don't believe that. But does it make me angry? Yes. Of course. Because I think that in some in so many ways, it's like a, the Uncle Tom foolery of like him capitalizing on like, on what's going on right now to get, to get somewhere when really he's just hurting us. Yeah, because he has an album coming out or something coming out in November, which Being Kim from Kardashian Chica- posted. That right, being from Chicago, this. I just don't, I don't understand. Um, and I grew up on the north side of Chicago, which is a little different from the south side of Chicago, but it's all the same black experience. It's just a matter of a couple of streets, a couple of blocks and train stops. But at the end of the day, even I know when I go back home, like what it looks like and what it is. And mm-hmm. I went to college, my mom went to college, I'm third generation college graduate. But I still know what the struggle really is and that we're still immensely immersed in. Is that the right word? Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So for Kanye to be there, have his mother as his professor, 
I don't understand where he's coming from because right. any black man from Chicago knows exactly. If, if you just go with Chicago alone, just yeah. the rest of the road, fuck it. Just only Chicago. Right. How do you still feel the same way you feel? So, so I don't even know what he said, but whatever he said, I'm sure it was some bullshit. Well, he, he talked about uh, love. And um, so I, I'm going to address this quickly and mm. I'm going to work. I'm going to try very hard not to get so angry that I can't mm -hmm. express myself. I'm really tired of super rich celebrity yes. people, all of them, speaking on behalf of a group that yes. they could never relate to on any plane. Mm -hmm. uh, when when uh, Kanye West is speaking, he's speaking from a place of privilege. Yes. He's married to Kim Kardashian West. He is so disconnected from the reality of what it is and always has been because Kanye comes from two professional, mm -hmm. um, you know, parents yep. and has never been a part of the real struggle that those young people um, in, in not just in Chicago, throughout America, Baltimore, Detroit, you name it, mm -hmm. are suffering from. And to tell, you know, that that is my first point. It really it really annoys me to no end to hear somebody of privilege, Amber Rose, you as well, trying to capitalize on white liberal women thinking that, you know, wishing death upon Bill Cosby and, and and promoting this slut walk is in any way helpful for the black community is it is not. Um, black women have to be have to worry about being over sexualized as it is. It has been the history throughout slavery and even to this day for you to think that glamorizing a word that has such a negative connotation and feeling that owning it and perpetuating that about, uh, you know, it's just preposterous to me to say that we're owning the word slut and calling yourself a feminist is contradicting because the reality of it is, is if you are a true feminist and believe in the empowerment of women, then you don't adhere to the labels or the connotations that are set by patriarchy to tell you that you are a slut. So that's why it's so contradicting. And if you don't understand why all these women of color are coming for your head is you made a very derogatory statement and nobody is condoning or endorsing rape, but still the black community, the brown community, and many people as a whole are mourning the loss of an icon because regardless of what you feel, Bill Cosby filled the void in America that we had never seen before. A family of color that was professional, a husband and a wife who raised great children. We never saw that. And that was something that was iconic and monumental in, in the, the imagery that is fed to people of color. And a lot of us grew up and wanted to go to Hillman and wanted to go to college and wanted to be a doctor and a lawyer because we saw Claire Huxtable and we had never seen that before. So shame on you to think that we are wrong because we're feeling that sense of loss. Um, and then I don't, I mean, I, I, I do want to say the other thing about Kanye West, I don't engage in respectability politics. I don't know what it is about people from Chicago, you know, um, Common went on the nightly show and told black people that they need to extend an olive branch to white people. Kanye said we need the answer with love. How much love do what black people have to extend to the people who have been exterminating, raping, pillaging, and exploiting them for, for years? I think it should be the other way around. You should be talking to white people, telling them to extend love and, and an olive branch to the people who have been kidnapped and brought to this country stolen identities, stolen history, and been mistreated over and over again. And now you want the, it is, I'm so tired of the onus of peace 
and progress to always be on the oppressed. And that is so, you know, this this respectability politics that you people, you Candace Owens, all of y'all call empowerment, you exploiting the black the black struggle to sell albums while wearing a hat from the very man who called upon the death penalty for the Central Park Five, Mm -hmm. five young black men that you look like is preposterous. White people are looking at you and saying you're out of your fucking mind. Get out of the sunken place and get your ass back into the movement because we need you. We need your dollars. We need your movement and we need your power to repair that prison to that that school to prison pipeline. And as far as amending the 13th Amendment, do you know where we are right now that the the the, the law that was in place about violence against women expired expired yesterday? And while we were arguing about your bullshit SNL, people did not realize that now native women are in in danger of being abused and mistreated and now there is no legal repercussion for that. So we need to be more informed and stop. What I will call to my followers and the people who do listen to me, we keep idolizing people because they're famous and they have celebrity and they are leading us down the path of destruction. Mm -hmm. Just because somebody is famous does not appoint them leadership for people of color. And we have to stop looking to these people and always thinking that they are our way because they are far from, they are pawns in the game. And the only reason that they are where they are is because the white establishment has allowed them to be. I'm done. Pissed. Um, anyway, standing. I know. Right. Standing ovation. So just angry. It's so angry as Puerto Rico is still being reconstructed. Mm-hmm. You know, Chicago is ablaze. Baltimore is ablaze. You know, Houston isn't fully repaired. And we think that because stuff isn't trending anymore, it still exactly. isn't happening. And mm. we need to stop. We need to stop. So turn Kanye's mic off. That's what I got to say about mm-hmm. Kanye West. Turn it off. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to finish, continue our conversation and, and find out what, what, what Alicia has coming up because uh, creative minds like this always have something in the works <laughs> and what's going on with Jesse. And in the second hour of the show, we have the creative forces behind the movie Shine, um, a Puerto Rican movie that's coming out this Friday in theaters and so much needed to help restore the morale with our people and what's going on in our country as they're trying to recolonize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been colonized twice. Uh, if you don't know, Puerto Rico was colonized by the Spaniards and then again by America, and now they're trying to do it again. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we'll come back with Truth Serum, um, with Ida Rodriguez, if you have something to say, if you want to share your truth, 310-986-6610. We'll be right back.
mujer querida Si tus lindos ojos no mienten Tú me amas cuando me miras Quiero saber la verdad La que dicen tus ojos Quiero saber la verdad La que dicen tus ojos Y si me quieres canto One thing Hector Lavoe would give you was a very long song because those are actual instruments <laughs> and uh, vocalists and a band and there's no auto tune, no diss to T-Pain. 
But uh, that's what it is. So anyway, we are back. We were just having a funny conversation in here about uh, the slut walk because we were thinking about all of the groups um, who would take the name, the derogatory term that is used to refer to them and say, hey, we're taking this name back. So could, we, we, we said the WAP walk. Remember the uh, the WAP walk? That is a derogatory term, term for Italians or Latinos saying gotta own it. the spick walk. Got to own the spick. The, the, they they would set you on fire. <laughs> they had that big old parade in the Puerto Rican parade in New York. Let somebody just get on a uh, on a float and put in the during the parade in June and say, "Listen, my people, this year we're taking our the word spick back. Meet me here in three months. We mm-hmm. are going to do the spick walk, and you'll see that person get beat with rocks and sticks. <laughs> Imagine the K walk. I can't even say the word because my show will get and will just stop." <laughs> It would just go off the air right now if Jewish Dash people would just disappear. Yeah, no. <laughs> literally. It just—it's so we, evaporate. We, we think about people um, and all of the propaganda that exists now, where everybody is trying to exploit a movement instead of because you know activism and uh, politics has gone mainstream, so everybody's mm-hmm. trying to like exploit a movement. You got to be conscious of what you connect yourself to because a lot of this stuff is foolishness, right? Absolutely. True. Nobody wants to talk because nobody wants to get banned. <laughs> right, everybody's like, uh, we need to work next season. Well, no, I think it's that you you can't like you can't be controversial for for the hype. Like yep. calling it a slut walk, it's like, were you taking back the word? Did you just want to be buzzy? Did you right. just want someone to like say, oh, that sounds cool, we're gonna go? And it's just like that's not. It's not empowering. Yeah, not at all. Imagine, that especially that's not her, because her, I don't think that was her real intention. Like, I, I really feel like she, like that word was just that it was like, it was an easy headline. And so it's like, you're just exploiting women because you want the views. And I just like, I find that just preposterous. Maybe it's too much credit. Maybe she would just approach and said, hey, Amber, we have a new slut walk. Listen, let us hear that. You're going to put you in the face of it. Give you a little check. Let's say it's your idea and go from there. Imagine if somebody mm. walked, walked up to her and said, hey, Guess what? Next year, it's on. I'm taking you, your, your slut walk, and I'm challenging you. Hoes are us. It's coming. And, we are, <laughs> and uh, we're going to walk on Crenshaw and Alpha La Brea. Can you imagine yeah. like what, what kind of movement that would just... And, 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 you know, the fact that we're calling women sluts and hoes um, and belittling them, you know, for choice of lifestyle or whatever they do for a living, it's just... It's so... Like, it's so antiquated. Like, mm-hmm. we should be so... I remember that old lady during the women's march that had a shirt on that said, I can't believe I'm still marching for this shit. Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's exhausting. Um. Anyway, let's talk about something positive. Mm-hmm. What you got? What do you guys have coming up in the pipeline? What's, what's next for you? Um. So, earlier this summer, I got to write and um, star in a short film that Zoe Saldana produced, which is awesome. Nice. Um, and I saw alongside Sherry Shepard, who was Hi. just in Brian Banks at the LA Film Festival, and Marquis Richardson, um, and Lamorne Morris. And so it was such, that's exciting. And so we are um, in post right now. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Um, thank you so much. Um, it's uh, called 19 Weeks, and um, it is about a woman who suffers, a woman of color who suffers um, a miscarriage, and she's so emotionally guarded that like that her son in different stages of his unborn life come back to her and help her heal to activate her healing. Cause I, we don't get to see, I think black women healing very often. And so anyway, that's like the, that's the, the big thing. Hopefully um, we have a premiere for that soon. Um, and yeah, I'm just uh, working, doing comedy. And where, what, what can people see you next? Ooh. Um, right now, 
Oh my gosh, I should have my calendar. I'm seen a lot at Flappers and at UCB. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can check out my um, calendar at alicia at noff.com. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm actually doing a show with Sherry Shepard this Saturday at the Comedy Union. She is incredible. Yeah. Nice. So you come on out, um, David Arnold, Chris Spencer, uh, myself, and uh, we're going to have a good time at 8 o'clock. If I miss somebody's name, charge it to my head, not my heart. <laughs> my first show ever was with Sherry Shepard, The Wedding Bells. Oh, really? When I got my SAG vouchers. Nice. I know. That was like years ago. Yeah, crazy. So what you got coming up now? I just shot a new episodic with um, Catherine Zeta-Jones, believe it or not, in oh, Atlanta. Nice. It's called Queen America. So it's, awesome. be on, it's actually on Facebook now, believe it or not. So then Facebook's doing like a whole Netflix. Yeah, 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 so yeah. We're one of the first series to do that. Um, and there's something else. I'm up for a part on a Stars Network show that I can't talk about too much, but I've met them a couple of times. So we'll see what happens with that. You're really good. You book. You closed it. Uh, I'm trying. Remember, I'm we, trying. Made, we made a pact one day in my, Did we? In my ki- on my kitchen table. About, uh, yeah, we had a catchphrase and everything about it. I forgot it is. Um, we always have ideas like yeah. that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I always have development meetings. Yeah, there we always, Jesse always, always, always. Such a star in the creative department. Um, so, and where can people find you? Uh, social media. So, Juice Box Jesse, spelled like it smells, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram and go from there. If you want to see my real as IMDb, there you go. Nice. And you know what? I think that's beautiful that uh, Zoe Saldana is behind mm-hmm. that project. Uh, she took a lot of heat um, about um, Nina Simone. Yeah. Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I did a video that went viral when I talked about it, mm-hmm. but I didn't. My, my the the intention behind my video was not to attack Zoe, but to bring to light the issue about colorism within the Black and Brown Absolutely. communities and how Latinos would receive an African American woman playing Celia Cruz. Right. It would have. You have to look at it from you know the other perspective and. I just I think that uh, Zoe is is should be granted you know the place of evolution and growth sure. as anybody else and I think that she's been very very um, poised and classy in mm. how she represents us Latinas especially Afro Latinas she's Puerto Rican and Dominican just like me and mm-hmm. I think she's amazingly talented so and she has her sisters too yeah. behind her which was like yeah. who've been the most um, involved in this short of um, this short film Sicily and and, and Marielle they're, they've been amazing and so oh she I came to Marielle came to my show on Saturday oh that's she awesome was, yeah they're, she was there, there to support me they're amazing women and so I, I think that you know they, she has the Zoe has the support of her sisters who are really yeah. pushing her in the right direction so. good that's it's good to hear we all need a village and uh, we are who we are because of who we with. Yes. Yes. Don't believe that. Yep. <laughs> check your circle and yes. then check your bank account. Um, you anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with uh, the cast, the cast, the director of the movie Shine, which uh, air, comes out on Friday, and Lyric Cruz, who's the creative director, choreographer. He's in the movie. And um, he and I work together on the Mahan Awards, and I adore him. So take quick break you can call us 310-986-6610 this is truth serum with Ida and uh thank you Jesse thank you for having me I'm sorry I'm late I'm so glad you came so it's such an honor to meet you all right guys we're gonna take a picture so we'll be back yes you are live on truth serum Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Yes, you're on the air with Ida Rodriguez. I almost said it wrong. My mic is off. Oh, okay. There you go. Hi. Hi. Who am I speaking with? 
This is David. Hi, David. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's your truth? Oh, there's so much truth. Mm. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> start at the beginning. <laughs> um, well, you see. Hello? Oh, oh we lost him. Yeah, uh-huh. we're going back to Sometimes our Sometimes truth hurts. <laughs> yeah, we'll go back to break. Um, and we'll be back with Truth Serum with Ida.
pobrecita mi gente me está matando Mírala que si todavía trabajando Es tanta la ingratitud de mi jefe Mira y grita que toca un pito pa' entrar Y el de salida no pita Habla de muerte con él para que no se repita Que yo no quiero llegar a casa siempre de mañanita Serum, and I am so excited because uh, this half we're going to be talking about a project that is very near and dear to my heart because it is a movie. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, sorry, Lyric just tried to kill me. <laughs> he turned the volume all the way up. <laughs> um, it is, a, it is a, about a movie, Shine, um, directed by a Puerto Rican director with a Puerto Rican cast or majority Puerto Rican cast telling a Puerto Rican story. And um, I'm very excited about it. I've seen the movie before. I'm going to see it again tomorrow at the premiere, and then I'm going to go see it Friday. I'm going to pay to go see it. And if you are uh, anybody who's supposed to rock with me, you better go see it too. So welcome, guys. Welcome, Tony. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, you know it's an exciting week. It is an exciting week. Tell, do you know what? We got to talk about this journey. Lyric is in the house. Lyric, what's your title on the movie? Creative director? I am the director of choreography. Director of choreography. Um, and if you uh, if you know anything about me and Lyric, uh, I'm always bigging him up on his dance videos because when he dances, he dances with such great joy. It's infectious. <laughs> but uh, Tony, let's talk about the movie. How long? When did you when did you write this movie? Uh, end of 2006. 
Okay. End of 2006. It's coming out Friday, uh, 2018. So let's talk about that journey. Uh, came here, uh, was on the set of Stomp the Yard, hanging out with Columbus Short nice. when he was shooting that. And um, that was my first set that I was on. And that was where I guess, you know, Hollywood had always become this, had always been this foreign planet to me. But once I had been on set and saw everything happen in action right there, I was like, I'd love to have something like this for Latin music and dance. Of course. And he was like, yo, you know, you're, I, I studied finance and I come from a business background. He's like, you know, everyone in Hollywood's got a script, but money's hard to come by. You are able to come by the money, go write a script. So I just downloaded a final draft and started to just empty my thoughts into something that I was taking elements that I was passionate about. Did a short film with Laz Alonzo, John Carlos mm -hmm. Vizito, and God bless the late uh, Lee Thompson Young um, to, to kind of sell the vision. Cause mm -hmm. I always, just for me intuitively, it was like, you know what, instead of trying to sell someone on the concept, I'd rather show them. Right. So that's when we did Mono. Uh, Mono uh, kind of was uh, the calling card. And then from there, I thought I was gonna be able to go into production on the feature like a year later. Right, of course. And lo and behold, as we know, right, this a journey, it takes a long time. And you know, the the pit stops of meeting different investors and being, you know, um, getting a deal with a production company and falling through. But, you know, everything has its, has its place because it was through that evolution that I matured as a filmmaker, mm -hmm. as well as I got to really improve the, um, the story, the script, the characters. And at the time, the story had a, a more of a cliche gangster element to it. You know, it was always still two brothers, but you know, as gentrification really started to, to arrive on the forefront, that's when I felt like, you know, this is more than just a film. It's gotta have a real message. Um, yeah, yeah, and the pieces kind of, you know, came together. And it was in 2015 that after multiple failed financing attempts, um, people around me like, yo, go to Kickstarter. And at first I was like, no, because everybody knows I've been trying to make this movie, you know, I'm going to be embarrassed, you <laughs> right. know, but I, it was the best thing I could have done. You know, it's having faith, right? I put my ego aside. I went out to the streets and we ended up raising the most money for a Latino narrative film at the time. And it still may be the record, 103,000. Beautiful. And I had, you know, like Lee Daniels and Lee Daniels in, inspired me um, by something he said with Precious. He goes, if you ever wait to have just the, you know, the money that you budgeted, you may never make your film. So I took what I was enough to get us started on a 19 shoot, a 19 day shoot in New York, hoping and believing that the momentum would then bring more opportunities for financing. And it did, it started to come together. Panavision gave us a great grant and that's why it shot so beautiful. We had the same glass and cameras that a $40 million studio movie mm -hmm. would have. And we just hustled, bare knuckled it and started production in 2015, did some reshoots in 2016 a year and a half of post because we paid a really good post house. Sugar Studios LA, who's our uh, co-production company, um, they work nights. Mm -hmm. So, we, we, you know, as a trade-off, right? If you want to get that higher level talent, but at a, at a lower rate, you know, you work off the off hours. And um, and we just, you know, we brought it together. And I think what, what really had it lift off is where it was my vision, but my vision then became everyone else's vision and they owned it. And that's where like the magic started to happen when everyone's houses, hands came into it. Of course, that's how it works. So you are you listening, guys? 2006, 2018, never gave up, improved on the vision, did whatever he needed to do to make it happen. The vision and the passion became infectious. Other people jumped the board. And undeniably, we have a movie about uh, a Puerto Rican story, which they're very they're few and far in between. 
And um, incorporating dance, which I think is a very, very uh, important story to tell because dance is such an integral part of our culture. Like we, you know, we get married, we get, uh, we have, Dakin says, for our daughters. Dance is, and I'm going to bring Lyric in on the conversation because I think um, when we talk about dance, I'm not talking about dance in a superficial way. I'm talking about it from a spiritual place and what it is to be Puerto Ricano and dancing when you hear those drums and you give your soul to the motherland where we come from and where our music come from comes from, it, we don't hardly ever see that, you know? Yeah, well, you know, the, our greatest reflection as Caribbean people is music. Absolutely. You know, so um, it's such a vital part of our history and what we continue to, to transcend for the next generations. You know, like I'm a first-generation Puerto Rican, born and raised in Chicago, raised between Chicago and New York, and I can't think my mother and my community enough for instilling this music into me mm-hmm. from day one. Like, I never knew the difference between salsa and pop music. Right. It is all the same to me, just like house music was for me. I'm from Chicago. It was all the same music. I didn't know how to put it into brackets or anything like that. So, you know, it, it's uh, the beauty of the film is that Tony being a, a lover of mambo music, because, yes. you know, you, you don't find a lot of uh, um, Puerto Rican Americans who still love all the music from our diaspora and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Tony being such a lover of that music, it was a it was such a great fit for for us to work on this together. Yeah, Mambo's beautiful. Wawanko, like the, the, Wawanko. the you, things you don't hear about um cuz salsa became mainstream and you know, it's funny cuz I, I I'm one of those people that would see people in California dance salsa on the twos, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like that's dancing with the stars. They're doing <laughs> 77 turns. We take our shoes off and we dance to the beat. Like, we are not doing one, two, three, four. We like, we dance to make children. Right. So when I, when, I, when I saw this movie, I saw a reflection of myself in there because, first of all, the lead actress is Afro-Latina. Yes. Which is, uh, you know, it's, it, we're such a, uh, such a thing to explain in Hollywood sometimes when people get confused that we have have these intersections when it comes to uh, Latino people and our African roots and, uh, you know, our Spanish roots. We're such a combination of so many beautiful things. But I saw this woman and I saw somebody who I could identify with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, look at this woman. Like, you never get to see that. So let's talk about your casting choices. <clears throat> One of my friends is in the movie besides Lyric. Who's that? Um I'll, I'll tell you in a minute, but I, I wanted you to talk to me about your casting choices. So I was, you bring up a good point about Afro-Latino. My grandfather's Trienio. Um, and I, the one thing is, you know, I, I love what Hollywood tries to, to do. And I think, you know, we're, we're advancing, but there's just not enough representation of who we are truly. You know, we're not, we're not all white Latinos, you know, mm-hmm. and I think we have to color it up. And I, from the get, it wasn't about... You know, I, I knew I wanted Afro Latinos in the um, in this because I wanted to, to represent the fabric of, of of who we are, and so, you know, it was interesting because I it was always like I would back into like when I cast Josie, I always knew I wanted Kimberly to play mm-hmm. Josie, but if for some reason, like if I was gonna if Josie if Kimberly would be available because she wasn't finishing her MFA at USC, if she wasn't available and I cast an Afro Latina, then I probably would have cast someone lighter. Or vice versa, because I wanted to show. But once I had cast Kimberly, Kimberly, 
I didn't look anywhere else. I was like, I'm going to get an Afro-Latina to be playing. It just it is what it is because that's who we are. Like, I got to have that that balance. And same, you know, same with, um, you know, Antonio. I just wanted mm-hmm. to really represent because we're, we're all colors. You know, you, you you look at Ataka, man. He's Puerto Rican, but he's definitely like, you know, he's... He, he's uh he he's got to put suntan lotion on or else he'll get too burned. <laughs> <laughs> but you know all shades, and so it was a combination of that, but also, you know, tying it in back to lyric. And lyric knows this. I didn't want actors that can dance. I wanted dancers that could act. It was very important. I was very hard mm-hmm. in my auditions. When Ataka came in and Gilbert, it, it would be easy to play the the lighter moments right away. When Ataka came in for his interview, I had him do the hospital scene. Yes, I'm like. If he can deliver this and have a private moment, he can carry the rest of the film. So I wanted, because I didn't want to have to try, you know, I could have made this movie a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. There were studios interested, but it was either put very specific people that they thought were Latino into the lead roles or change the salsa to English lyrics. And I'm like, I want my dancers to be dirty and get it down the way they're supposed to and also really deliver a real performance. So it was, was, I mean, it was challenging. I mean, it, it was not an easy journey to cast to cast those characters no it was great david sayas is my friend and i love david and when i uh i made my first film um david came to the my screening and offered me so much support and was like she and i said what made you come here he said you're puerto rican (laughs) and i was like that's the beautiful thing yes about who we are and um there's a young man in your movie who's mexican yes and you would not know because he killed that role. And I told him, I said, oh, yeah, nene. when I saw him, I was like, I, I, what part of Puerto Rico are you from? And he and I laughed because I was like, he was a great actor. And it made me feel inspired and happy because I remember that when Jennifer Lopez got the role of Selena, there was some backlash because she was not Mexican. And I was like, man, we got to tell our stories and we just got to tell our stories and we got to be true to our, who we are. And if the acting is good, then we got to be able to embrace that. Yes. And it was great. And, and the thing is, is he respected the culture. He didn't yeah. just walk in and like, I mean, he spent, you know, every time, every week that he could, he was in El Barrio. Yeah, you can see it. He was hanging out in the bodegas. He was eating pastelillos. He was listening to salsa. I mean, he and bedded and ingrained himself and that showed that he had a respect for the culture which yeah that was beautiful so one thing um that when i went to the first screening of this movie um we had been puerto rico had been devastated by maria and so it the timing sometimes i think about things that you know i listened to your journey from 2006 and 2018 but there's no better time for a movie to come out about puerto rico than now because we need the morale built you know yes. And so I remember going to the screening and we t- they were talking about Puerto Rico. And uh, how does that make you feel knowing that right now in a moment where Puerto Rico is so vulnerable and so um, going through this reconstruction phase and still trying to, you know, to, to sort out the mess that was Hurricane Maria, that you're going to offer a piece of art that's going to actually bring our people uplift us you know and it's just i'm inspired by that we you know lyric and i write during urban world we i could have never forecasted this movie landing at a time that it did Mm -hmm. but that's right you know when you know whether you you know you're religious or you believe in the universe i mean there's there's something working right and it's you know i definitely think that there's been the faith of this the fate of this film and i i never would have imagined it you know occurring this time and us 
premiering one day after Hurricane Maria landed. Yeah. I mean, we composed 100% of the music in Puerto Rico with Eduardo Reyes, oh, nice. who we couldn't contact at all. We're like at a premiere without our composer. But it was it became magical, and we all felt that at that time our movie was serving a better purpose. And then, yeah, right now politically, man, it's like with everything that's going on in this in this country, it's you know, it allows us to not just appreciate and show ourselves, but allow the outsiders to see who we are and how we talk. You know, at the end of the day, this is an American story still. Absolutely, that we're Americans. That's right. You know, and they they need you know people need to to see that, and so. I'm glad, and that's why I say, you know, I was just on the phone today. So many organizations are reaching out across the country asking how can they help, and I'm like, use use our film, just use it as and and whatever we can do to help. And I I want everyone to embrace and, and use our film as a way to like take a break from what's going on, and and, and that one word orgullo just like let it resonate yeah i'm gonna buy 10 tickets and i'm gonna say it um here on the show contact me uh or the true serum show i'm gonna buy 10 tickets for uh i, I prefer to send young people who couldn't afford to go see the movie uh, so that they can go see the movie on Friday the day it comes out. I'm sorry I'm not Ice Cube. I can't buy the whole theater. <laughs> but I can pay yeah. for 10 tickets. Yeah, right. and, um, and, and actually, I want to use this as a moment, as a call to action for Latinos and Puerto Ricans and people of color. You know, you showed up for Crazy Rich Asians because there is a, ch a call, uh, a call to action and a need to see diverse movies telling different stories about people of color and we are providing the spectrum. Here's a movie that's not perpetuating stereotypes but is bringing people together, um, talking about very pertinent issues at, such as gentrification and uh, family dynamics. So I call, I, I'm calling all my, my people, my Latinos, my non-Latinos, those who follow me and support me to go out and see this movie this weekend and let's flip the table over with Shine the way we did with Crazy Rich Asians because Latinos are a big, big part of the uh, economics in America. We're the number one consumer market and there's no reason why this movie should not break records this weekend. And and, and Ida, just to chime in on that, it, I'm going to tell you what's so important and something that I've been trying to reach out to all my people. Growing up in Chicago, to me, if there was a black film, I was going to support that black film that's because right. it's what I associated with. Yeah, you know, right. if there was a film that had to do with Mexican-Americans, I went and no one had to tell me. Right. I felt that it was my personal duty and it's what I grew up with. In my neighborhood, we were Puerto Rican, black and Mexican, and that was it. Right. So we were very colorblind to each other, fortunately, in our little 10 block radius of Humboldt Park where I lived right. in Chicago, you know. But um, I think this is where we need all of our people and all of our people. I mean, all of our brown skin tones, people, all of our people who, who are not represented or underrated. We have to stay on this run together because yeah. just how Tony said, and I, I've spoken this to Tony a million times. This is not just a Puerto Rican story. This is not just a Latin movie. This is an American film. That's right. You know, we hold a huge pocket of what this country is composed of. And people should know what we go through in, in those um, boroughs or cities like Harlem, Spanish Harlem, um, Humble Park in Chicago. And Orlando. we could go, right, Orlando. Orlando. And we could go on and on of where gentrification is affecting our people. 
And that's all of us. And if Winwood, we don't, Miami. Yeah, and if we don't all stick together, then we're really going to just end up with the bottom of the barrel continuously. Yeah, we got to stop saying when are they going to put us in our the movies? When are they going to when are they going to when when are we going to be reflected in the projects and then when the projects come out not go and support them. You you <laughs> have to it, this is a game of economics. So we have to put our money where our mouth is and we got to go support our projects. Big ups to the black community and everybody else who went and saw um Night School last weekend and allowed it to break records. And and there's room for us all. Just like Crazy Rich Asians broke yep. records and Night School broke records, those are comedies. Shine should break records as well. So if you are listening right now and you consider yourself woke, and I don't care if you are from Koreatown, <laughs> if your parents are, you know, from uh, Johannesburg, you know what I mean. The more we support each other and support our projects, the the more we broaden the spectrum of the the stories that are told about our people. So I want to make a call to action. We're going to take a quick break. If you have, you want to call, what's your truth? 310-986-6610. We are here with Tony, with Lyric. We're talking about the movie Shine. It comes out this Friday. Pre-order those tickets. Get there, find out where uh, the tickets uh, are available that are closest to you, and make sure you're there Friday to support this movie. We'll be right back.
cuando me miras, ¿qué es lo que sientes? Dímelo pronto, mujer querida, si tus lindos ojos no mienten, tú me amas cuando me miras, quiero saber la verdad, la que dicen tus ojos, quiero saber la verdad, la que dicen tus ojos, y si me quieres canto.
That beautiful Puerto Rican flag, you know, I bump for my people. I bump for all people, yo. I, um, this is my All Lives Matter movement if they, moment, if it makes you upset. But I think right now, uh, Puerto Rico is in dire need of support, and we could use a very, uh, we could use a morale boost. We could use um, people to really understand what Puerto Ricans are because we are American. We have this duality that this dichotomy that exists within us, but we too are Americans as well as culturally Boricuas. Get on the mic and say it. 
Someone just texted me that our trailer was just shown on Monday Night Football. What? <laughs> so dope. Nice. That is, uh, that's what we're talking about. So those of you who um, are call yourself activists and are calling yourself the movers of Puerto Rico, Boricuas in Los Angeles, and all of the Puerto Rican organizations, I suggest that you mobilize yourselves. There are over 100,000 Puerto Ricans in Southern California, and there is no reason that 100,000 tickets should not be sold this weekend, um, in addition to everybody else throughout the country. Tell people where they can find information about the movie, Tony. Uh, ShineTheMovie.nyc. You can go right now and literally search, put in your area zip code. You can find out where it's playing. You can get a bio on the cast. You can watch Monday Night Football. You can watch Monday Night Football. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, and then all our handles are at uh, ShineFilm2018 across the board, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. And like I said, I'm buying 10 tickets for 10 people uh, to go see the movie this weekend. Um, preferably, I'm buying the tickets for Friday. That that's my uh, Those are my conditions. So if you can't make it on Friday, then don't try to uh, come see the movie. <laughs> yeah, there are 10 people who will be available on Friday to go see the movie. It's important to go on the, the night that the movie comes out. Yes. Um, so where can people see it in Los Angeles? Call out some of the theaters. Oh, Universal City Walk. I mean, we're in 18 theaters in in the L.A. area. So nice. um, we're, we're all over. Yeah. I mean, the Valley, I, they're populating every day, but we're everywhere in um we're not at the Arclight, but we're at the Univers AMC Universal uh, City Walk. I mean, we're in Torrance, Redondo Beach, um, Norwalk, Norwalk, Brea, Anaheim, Orange County, San Diego, Inland Empire, Palm Springs. Oh, we I got mean, a call real quick, so let's take the call. You are live on Truth Serum. What's your truth? Hello. Hi. Hi, I'm sorry. I didn't hear the first part. I just saw my friend Lyra Cruz. Oh. <laughs> hey. You are live right now on. How are you? Hey, Chantel. <laughs> she... Oh, she's another choreographer. She's a choreographer for the Wayans show. Oh, nice. My girl Chantel Heath. Hey, thank you for calling, babe. Yes, yes. What do you guys give? I heard truth serum, honey. So what kind of truth are we telling here? <laughs> oh, you got to listen to the show. It'll be on... Uh iTunes this week, it'll be re-airing on, on Wednesday, but we've been talking about everything from Kanye West to Amber Rose, oh, yeah. and now we're talking about Lyric's movie, Tony's movie that's coming out on Friday. Lyric um, is in the film, and uh, he choreographed, and we're very excited about it because, you know, you know how Puerto Ricans do. Puerto Rico! Exactly. You, call, you call a Puerto Rican a Dominican real fast, you might catch that one, honey. Yeah, <laughs> no, but then there's, I mean, come on, there's so many of us that are like a quarter Puerto Rican, yeah. three quarter Dominican, or vice versa, or half. Or <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, so, so, we're, so we're trying to get it right for, for the people. Exactly. I'm so excited because I love all the Latin cultures between food, dancing, it's always popping. I can't wait to see the lyric did because he's wonderful so i'm excited i think more than him i gotta be sitting ready <laughs> well chantel ready. thank you so much babe for your support always um i know you you've been a lover and supporter of what i do and and it really means a lot to me and thank you for for being in my corner i really appreciate yes. it yes 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 <laughs> you guys have a fabulous Fabulous evening. I'm going to get back to my cleaning. I just saw this and I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you so much for calling Truth Serum. And then we'll be on the lookout for you, too, so we can support you when you have something. Yes, for sure. Well, 
Awesome, awesome. Well, you guys have a fabulous night. All right. Love, love you, you, Chantel. Um, and that is how Darren ends the phone calls. <laughs> you only very cutthroat. You only get to it's say one dry. bye, and then he's like, fuera, we got a, we got a movie to promote. It's right. coming out on Friday. <laughs> So is there uh, any last words from me, from both of you? Let's. Let, it sounds like we're at a funeral. Any last <laughs> words? But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just get on the soapbox, and I, I would. I really want people to go out and support the film. Yeah. Well, you know, the what I could leave everyone with is just you know this is one of the, beyond a passion project. You know, it's a. Uh, We've been waiting to see our people on the screen. Mm-hmm. We've been seeing. We've been waiting for our people to be portrayed as heroes on the screen. And uh, we we want we want the entire country to know what our contributions to this country is, and you know through through the power of music and dance we have been able to uplift the nation. That's right. You know, and we've been part of uplifting it. And with this movie, we're just trying to finish uplifting our communities that need it, and to remind them that the boundaries that exist are the only ones that they're creating. Because you can fight for this. All of us who are on this film fought for this dream, fought for this space. And fortunately, through Tony's resilience and fight for the love of salsa music, for the love of New York, for the love of our culture, it you have to you have to experience this. You have to experience what this was. Um, it, it's it's much more than just a little film that we need you to come see. Tell people where they can find you on social media. On social media, I am Lyric Cruz all across all social media. Lyric with a K. Okay, so you know that's his stage name because ain't no Puerto Rican lady. Right. Lyric <laughs> well, you know, my mother still asks me, pero que es eso lyric? Que es eso? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tony? Um, I just, you know, I, I invite everyone to come have fun. Um, suspend reality for an hour and a half. You're going to hear a lot of good music. Uh, hopefully you'll be uh, touched emotionally. Hopefully you'll be inspired. And if you like what you watch, just ask you to share. Um, continue to sp- uh, spread the word. This is 12, 11, going on 12 years in the making. A lot of hands involved. Um, you know, just just positive love behind this movie. No hidden agenda. We just wanted to create some art that we thought represented our people well. Something that was entertaining. And most importantly, has a, has a positive message. So have fun, you know. Uh, get out there, enjoy enjoy the movie, and um and and share share after you watch it. And tell people where they can find you. You can find me at Tony Nardolillo. That's Nardo L I L L O. It's uh um you can find also on Shine Film Twenty Eighteen, and Thirteen uh, Paces is where you'll see um my other work as well. So, ladies, um, a lot of times. People who direct films is because they can't be in front of the camera because they're ugly. This is not the case <laughs> with this movie. So Google Tony <laughs> so you can see what a fine Puerto Rican looks like. And let that motivate you to go see his movie because uh, he does not look like Woody Allen. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for tuning in to Truth Serum. You know, uh, we we air back again on Wednesday, but you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. Um, I will be this Saturday at the Comedy Union at 8 o'clock with Sherry Shepard, David Arnold, Chris Spencer. And um, you can find all of my shows at funnyida.com, A-I-D-A. Listen, thank you so much for listening to Truth Serum, allowing us to tell our truths. 
We love you, Puerto Rico. Siempre. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you, Aida. Thank, Thank you, you so much for your Thank support. You, no, I always. Mm-hmm.